Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. It is a power trio of trouble at the round table this evening you have myself jacob sealman from speed sport and sprint car and midget of which there was new things afoot this week that i will shamelessly plug a little bit later in the show but that's not for right now we have tom baker as always and we have seth eggert from kicking the tires who is back with us at the round table this week and you know, Tom, I know there's only three of us, but I don't think we could have picked a better week to have a lot of news to talk about during this show, because I, it feels like the first time I can say this in a while, things was hopping. Well, they really were, uh, and I must be from nothing. You never say Race Chaser Media. You just say Tom Baker every week. Um, I'm not that big of a star. It's not like my name is Cher or... You know, whatever. I'm sorry. I guess I, 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 I guess I'm trying to make you into a bigger star. That's my that. I'll, as Bobby Allison <laughs> once said, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm a, I may be a legend in my own mind, but I think that's about where it stops. <laughs> Fair okay, enough. I apologize. So, uh, to, to, to carry on with the topic, uh, yeah, this is this has been a busy news week. We've had. New cars unveiled and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, driver news, throwback uh, news coming up. Darlington is, uh, man, I just love this throwback race, and I really think that some of these teams have outdone themselves, Jacob. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I, Seth and I actually were talking about this earlier this week, that uh, I think this year may be the year of some of the best Darlington throwbacks that we've ever seen across the board, and we can talk a bunch about those coming up later in the show. Um, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, everybody knows that there's a new car to talk about from the NASCAR side of things, as we did have the public unveil for the next-gen car that will debut at the Daytona 500 next February. We will undoubtedly have plenty of discussion about that coming up in this show. And as Tom mentioned, it is Darlington, and we do have a triple header of action coming at you this weekend that we can preview over the course of this show, among other things. Right now, though, however, a little business. We'll be back with more madness in a minute. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their car, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. 
Pizza sounds good. Ballin Street? Girlin Street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Not my favorite movie, by the way, in reference to Tyler Ingram bringing us back from break, but one of the better throwbacks for this weekend's uh, events at Darlington, and I'll explain why in a minute. First, however, welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert with you, and since I feel like being a little different and deviating from the obvious path, we're not going to talk about the next-gen car first, but I got inspired because everybody's all excited about all the different throwbacks that we can uh, discuss for this weekend's triple header at Darlington Raceway. And so, as such, that's kind of where I feel like we uh, we can start tonight because, as I referenced, Tyler Ankrum, uh, Seth, I-, I-, I was never a Talladega Nights fan, but I have to admit they, uh, GMS Racing and Tyler, have done a brilliant job at uh, what they did with the Wonder Bread throwback on Ankrum's truck for this weekend. So, again, not a fan of the movie, but I'll take a good throwback scheme, and to me, that's one of the better executed ones for this weekend. Now, the only thing that'll really complete the look is if he and his crew chief get on and do like uh, Kurt Busch did the one year that he uh, ran. I think it was the City Chevrolet scheme in the Xfinity series and they were uh, reciting movie lines throughout the race on the on the radio every now and then which I thought was a great touch and I think last week I said uh, the way Tyler's been running this year it's been either he's first or last unfortunately with the luck he's had uh, that being said there are a lot of good throwbacks this year and I've noticed uh, just watching the throwbacks being unveiled there's a lot of cross-pollination of throwbacks. Cup uh, Truck teams are throwing back to cup cars. Uh, Xfinity teams throwing back to trucks. 
etc. Uh, there was one that actually just dropped a few minutes ago. Brandon Jones is throwing back to Todd Bodine's uh, championship winning truck. Uh, the Lumber Liquidators truck. That's the 2006 scheme, I think? Yes. Hey, I can remember things sometimes. And speaking of movies, I also do want to bring this up uh, because this was also announced today. Uh, Oscar-winning actress uh, Hilary Swank will portray Janet Guthrie in an upcoming biopic. Yay! All right. And hey, listen, anything that tells Janet Guthrie's story, because uh, that that woman was tough as nails during her time in NASCAR and IndyCar is OK by me. And I she's one, Tom, that I feel like there's been a couple of throwbacks over the over the Darlington throwback program to her. But uh, I, I wish there would be a few more because her place in not just NASCAR history, but motorsports history in general, I feel like is far understated compared to what it should be. I totally agree. Janet Guthrie, to me, is still the most talented and best overall female racer that we've seen in NASCAR or IndyCar, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, with with the possible exception of Lynn St. James, who I think was much better than a lot of the equipment she had. But Janet, uh, that Kelly girl car that... Uh, she drove back in the late 70s. I remember seeing it at Pocono in 1977. And that beautiful green color. And she finished sixth or seventh that day. She really drove the wheels off that thing. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I think her, her story is a great story. She just loves going fast. And she still loves going fast, even at her age. And, uh, you know, she to me, that is the ultimate motorsport story in terms of females with all due respect uh, to the many other talents that we've had and i'm just talking circle track with that obviously you get to drag racing and other forms of the sport and you got others but i think janet is still the um the, the leading example and the role model that that should be for uh, younger females coming up definitely agree now um sticking with the truck series theme for a minute since uh, we kind of we kind of funneled there to start uh my award for oddball throwback of the year, just because the manufacturer doesn't match and it totally trips me out here, Tom, is Zane Smith's throwback because I just can't ever picture it on anything that's not a Ford, but Zane Smith throwing back to Glenn Wood with the 21 truck this weekend. And it, like I said, it's trippy because it's like Glenn Wood throwback. Ford, no GMS run Chevys. Wait, this doesn't make sense. It looks good, but it doesn't make sense. See, I would I would agree with you, except that I don't really have a problem. Like uh, Seth pointed out a minute or two ago, you're seeing a lot of sort of different cross-pollination of of uh, throwbacks this year which i really really like and i'm i'm totally geeked that zane is throwing it back to a wood brothers scheme even though obviously he runs for uh a chevy team instead of a ford team i think it's wicked cool and uh and i know seth you uh you mentioned in our chat here a throwback that i think is honestly the goofiest throwback and probably frankly with no offense to the driver involved the least relevant because half the audience won't even remember who he is Talk, tell us tell us what you what you talked about in our chat 
uh, Eric Garnell is thrown back to himself. Uh, he even has the same sponsor. Uh, I believe it's Northern Tool, uh, which is his old sponsor from when he drove for Roush Racing. This was before it was Roush Fenway Racing in the truck series back in the mid-2000s or so, mid to late 2000s. Also in the Xfinity series, he ran a little bit. But uh, he hasn't been running in the upper echelon of NASCAR recently. He has been running in late models here and there uh, across the country. So he he hasn't been out of the car per se. He just hasn't been in the national touring series. I just think it's funny, Jacob. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Hi, I'm paying tribute to me. Uh, you know, it just sounds, it just looks strange. And especially, uh, and again, I like Eric and, and I always thought Eric was a pretty good racer. I just think it's funny that, uh, you know, he's, he's choosing to do something like that. And, and again, there's going to be a number of people in the, in the crowd and, and on TV watching who aren't even going to really know who he is because it's been so long since he's been uh, racing in the upper echelon of NASCAR. Right. Now, and Seth, I want to add to this before I throw it back to you. Uh, this is Eric Darnell coming back this weekend with Nice Motorsports. And for those who go, wait, I remember that name from somewhere. Eric Darnell was a product of the uh, the gong show that Roush Racing put together when they were trying to uh, basically do a driver search in 2005. And Darnell kind of came out of that funnel of uh, of talent that they, that they discovered at that point and now all of a sudden years later he's back in the truck series I came across him because his son Jackson is now running outlaw carts at Millbridge and I, I, I said to Eric a few weeks ago I said are you making a comeback somewhere along the line and he just kind of grinned at me like wait and see now we know what the wait and see was yeah and some other names that came out of that uh these are some throwback names. They're not running, but these are some throwback names. Uh, Travis Kittleson comes to mind. Uh, Danny O'Quinn Jr. But uh, last <laughs> week, last week uh, when we were talking, uh, I had said my favorite throwback at that time was the Kenny Irwin Jr. throwback that Timmy Hill was running uh, this weekend. Yes. Since then, that has changed because of one that has been unveiled. Uh, Bailey Curry's Mike Stefanik uh, throwback. And the main reason why is uh, I have a little bit of family history that goes back with Mike. Uh, Mom grew up with him and some others up in the Northeast. And I just remember going to the track and hanging out with them. Granted, I was like four or five years old, so I didn't understand much. But I do remember going and hanging out. There we go. Tom, really quickly, uh, I... I I know you're partial to any modified throwbacks, so the Stefanik one uh, that they've pulled out is probably a, a, a thumbs up in your book, too. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And again, I could go through a list, uh, especially in the Xfinity series. I think that series, to me, did the best job overall um, of, of great throwbacks. Uh, but I want to also highlight the, uh, the one I saw um on point motorsports doing a throwback to michael waltrip's bahari uh, yes paint, paint country time i love those colors absolutely and since you meant you mentioned the xfinity series and that's where i wanted to go along with some of the cup series throwbacks in our next segment including a black flag for some prominent names who at least to this point as far as i know are not doing throwbacks 
this weekend, which makes me sad. That pro that pro um needs to be outlawed. Everybody should have to run a throwback during throwback weekend. Just saying. We gotta take a break. We'll be back with more madness after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert with you on tonight's program as we continue rolling through uh, a 
cross-section, wow, I have got to remember how to talk today, um, of, of throwbacks for NASCAR Throwback Weekend. Tom mentioned the Xfinity Series. I want to go there, and I'm curious, Tom, where you're going to take this to start because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of good throwbacks in the Xfinity Series garage, but uh, do you have any one or more than one in particular that caught your eye? Oh, gosh. Um well, let's see the 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 Gatorade car that uh, Michael Annette is driving at Junior Motorsports certainly catches my eye. Ryan Vargas's Mark Martin uh, replica or throwback uh, definitely is uh, awesome, and Colby Howard's throwing back to his father Rodney's late model car for me is kind of personally neat because having worked with Colby for a bit and, um, you know, know, knowing uh, Colby and Rodney very well, uh, you know, I know the sentimental value of that, which I think is tremendous. Um, But, I mean, there is a ton we could talk about, uh, and I love Brandon Jones' idea of that that throwback that was mentioned earlier. I just – I think the Xfinity series in particular – uh, was really super strong with the throwbacks and some really creative and clever ones, too. Oh, I agree. Seth, thoughts there, because Tom's right. At, at the If there's a series right now that gets the award for taking Throwback Weekend seriously, the Xfinity Series absolutely takes the cake. Yeah, speaking of the creativity, uh, what can Brandon Brown do for you? Yes. That, that <laughs> yes. is one of the most creative ones and Brendan Brown has actually caught the attention on social media, at least, of UPS. So, who knows? Maybe that'll actually turn into something, even if it's just a one-off race at some point. Oh, that would, that, be, that would be too much fun, Tom. <laughs> Way too much fun. All right, so, a- 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 as you mentioned, uh, that's the stuff uh, rumors are made of. I'll point this out and go back to Seth, because he was the first one to see it. So, there is a fan vote, by the way, on NASCAR.com for uh, best throwback or throwback of the year. And a throwback for each uh, series. Okay, best throwback for each series. And apparently the Xfinity series was a little wild because Justin Allgaier ended up in the 18 car for Joe Gibbs. Who does he think he is? Daniel Hemrick? He's certainly not tall enough for that. Yeah, they, they had a few of the drivers mixed up. They had uh, Allgaier in the 18 car. They had Gregson in the 8 car. And they had Josh Berry in the 0. Uh, and they didn't have Jeffrey Earnhardt anywhere. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think uh, whoever put up the site may have put it up too soon because half the slots were also blank from my understanding. And they may have revealed some of the throwbacks before the teams did for both the trucks and the Xfinity series. Well, I suppose sometimes you'll have that. Uh, Tom, if we, uh, if I'm looking at this, there are several throwbacks in the Xfinity series that stand out to me. Jeffrey Earnhardt is one of them, throwing back to his grandfather's Olympics scheme from years ago. Absolutely love that. Um, Daniel Hemrick throwing back to Red Farmer because one of his chief yes. engineers is actually Red's grandson. They surprised him with that in the shop earlier this week, and uh, you you could tell how much it meant to him. That one, uh, to me, is a really cool one. And then Michael Annette's 
throwback as well. Annette and and Junior Motorsports in particular have always been really good at the throwback game, but the one team always seems to come up with some brilliant ones every year. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I just, uh, again, in general, because I'm sure there's probably 10 that uh, are worthy of mention here that we didn't um, or haven't. I, I just think in general, the Xfinity series really did the best job of all three. Um, the, the teams in that series really, really put their thinking caps on and came up with some some great, great throwbacks. Uh, obviously, there's some cool ones in the trucks in the Cup series, too, but I think the Xfinity series wins the award for best overall throwback series, in my opinion. And uh, like I said, I love this weekend. I wish that everybody jacob would participate in the throwback thing but unfortunately uh you know again there are some teams that i you know even if you're you're contractually obligated to a certain sponsor um i can't imagine a sponsor not being okay with doing a throwback one weekend at darlington because it gets more eyeballs on the car totally and that's you know i sit back and go okay there's some traditional sticks in the mud cough cough martin truex jr cough cough um there's some that are just meh throwbacks like uh ricky stenhouse jr which i don't really consider that a throwback it's kind of a similar style but uh, the yeah just yeah uh, and then there are some others that usually do throwbacks, Seth, that I either haven't heard about doing a throwback this year or just aren't that I'm aware of. The two that jump right to mind that usually their sponsors are really good at participating every year in throwback weekend are Kevin Harvick because Bush always seems to have some good throwback schemes and Brad Keselowski. Well, uh, about that, uh, for Harvick, it is not a Bush race. Aww. A mobile one race. Ah, so, you know, mobile one could throw. Mobile one's got some good throwbacks uh, from the mid two thousands when they were over at Penske. That would make some really cool schemes. That it that, that it would that it would. Uh, aside from that, he could also throw back to his boss too from when uh, mobile one sponsored Tony. That being ah, said. Yes. Uh, if the Pro Invitational was any hint uh, last night, because a lot of the drivers did run the same sponsors, at least, that they're going to be running this weekend, Freightliner is going to be on the car for Keselowski this weekend. Ah, yes. I, I didn't think about that the other night, but uh, that that's true, which is a, 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 radi- a bit of a radical departure, if you will, from what we're used to seeing out of uh, Brad Keselowski, particularly at Darlington. So uh, that definitely shakes some things up. Seth, on the cup side, does a throwback stand out to you? Or throwbacks, plural? The one one that stands out to me is Corey LaJoy's. uh, The fact that they got Xerox on board the car, it's the same number. The only difference is it's not the same manufacturer. Beggars can't be choosers, but that is a beautiful throwback. As is uh, Bubba Wallace's throwback to uh, Wendell Scott, which I've seen some people saying that it's not the same shade of blue. Uh, I do want to remind people that photography way back when, the colors were not as bright or as accurate in the photos as they are today. So he does actually have the correct shade of blue 
to what it actually looked like in person. It just didn't necessarily uh, come across that way in the photos. I know, uh, if, if memory serves me correctly, Seth, I think they consulted with uh, with Wendell's family on this scheme when they were uh, when they were getting it done. Correct? Yes, they did. Uh, they consulted with the uh, Wendell Scott Fa Foundation, I believe, uh, Wendell's son, and I believe his grandchildren as well. Uh, I know they were talking with them Martinsville weekend. At least that's my understanding uh, as recently as Martinsville weekend. I'm not sure when this idea came about. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk of, between whether it was going to be a Wendell Scott throwback or a Bill Lester throwback. But I am glad that it is a Wendell Scott throwback. Nonetheless, nothing against Bill. I do hope that he does throw back to Bill in the future. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, uh, that what stands out to you from the Cup Series field of throwbacks? Sorry, I, I'm I'm still frustrated because I don't like JTG and Ricky Stenhouse calling their scheme a throwback. It's not a throwback. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's really not. I mean, in my, I agree with you. I happen to agree with that. I mean, I I don't know that it's worth screaming and hollering over, but I do agree. It's kind of a halfback uh, yes. sort of thing, a half-hearted attempt at a throwback. I actually thought that the Bubba throwback was very appropriate, to be honest with you, and I'm glad that um, Seth mentioned the, uh, the, the difference in the quality of the photography because I saw a post earlier this week that, uh, you know, really kind of took Bubba to task for that. And it was kind of like, come on, people. I mean, you know, get the facts before you uh, before you post. Um, but that that's kind of a lost art on social media sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Seth, you mentioned in our chat the two John Andretti tributes. And I I was going to I was going to talk about uh, the the tribute to the Kale Yarborough car that John drove um, because I always loved that car and I always loved Kale's 98 team at that point with the Husqvarna um, scheme on it. Uh, and John was always a great driver and I'm thankful that somebody thought to do that too. So I think the Bubba one and that, that one really stood out for me. Absolutely. I'll agree with that, and I'll add, uh, Seth, real quickly, that uh, another one that stands out to me was uh, Front Row's, uh, Anthony Alfredo's uh, throwback scheme to not the most recognizable um, scheme that uh, Alan Kowicki ever drove, but the 38 car that he started his career in. Yeah, I, I love obscure throwbacks. Uh, speaking of obscure throwbacks, there's also one in the truck series, uh, Todd Gillen throwing back to Ricky Benton's uh, Atlantic Regional NASCAR Touring Car Series uh, throwback. So there are a lot of obscure ones and a lot of NASCAR history to learn about this year through the throwbacks. Well, absolutely. And to me, before we go to break, that's the one point I wanted to make. I got a chance to catch up with the commander, Carrie Tharp, the president of Darlington Raceway, uh, briefly over the phone this week. And Carrie made the point that one of the things he loves about the throwback platform is the opportunity that we have to teach some of the younger fan base about days gone by in the sport that he feels is particularly important to this platform. I just thought that was really cool. We got to step aside, take a commercial break. More madness right around the turn. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-race com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way if you own a gun you have a full-time responsibility when you aren't using it be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children troubled teenagers a thief or anyone else who might misuse it your family friends and neighbors are all counting on you remember always lock it up For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert still with you. Cup Series driver brings us out of break, gives us an opportunity to shift gears a little bit and go into the biggest news of the week, Tom, which was, of course, the unveil of the brand new for 22 next-gen manufacturer-specific race cars and... Let me tell you what, there aren't enough emojis in the world to express just how excited and happy I was when those cars came out of cover and we got our first real look at them because, oh my goodness, 
Do these cars look good? The slogan, the catchphrase, the mantra, whatever you want to call it, throughout the day on Wednesday during the unveil was, we're putting the stock back in stock car. And I'll tell you what, if visually this is any cue, they're going a long way towards making it right because those cars look fantastic. Well, I, you know, here's the deal. First of all, I agree with everything you said. Um, up until the part where you started talking about putting the stock back in stock car, because I actually don't think NASCAR should be promoting this like that because um, the, the, the fans associate stock with pull it off the showroom and race it. Of course, we know that that's not practical anymore and there haven't been real stock car chassis or a lot of stock parts on a NASCAR cup car for years. But, um, I don't think NASCAR needs to promote it like that. Do they look more like a stock, the current car that they're representing? Sure. That's great. Do they, is, is the motor more like the current motor that's in the car that they're representing? Yes, absolutely, which also obviously is not acceptable for a lot of fans because, of course, we don't have the big high-horsepower motors anymore. But then they're not high-horsepower in your streetcar either. Um, so my overall take on this is that NASCAR should be promoting this as the car of the future and and as a car that hopefully is going to race much better and be less subject to dirty air and be less conducive to the kind of poor racing that we've seen, especially on the mile and mile and a half tracks for the last like, oh, 20 years or so. Um, I think this is hopefully going to be um, a, a return to the driver centric racing situation. And uh, that, to me, is going to be the definition, Seth, of success or failure is whether or not the drivers can run up on a car in front of them and pass that car without getting waylaid by dirty air. There are parts that I do agree with you, Tom, and then there are parts I don't agree with you. Uh, that being said, uh, yes, the main factor is going to be whether or not the cars can actually run around each other and not get affected by the arrow wash, the dirty air, whatever term you want to use for it. That being said, as far as putting the stock back in stock car racing, I do agree with it on the aesthetic side, what the car looks like. That's what I said. Yeah. Uh, that, but I'm, what I was going to say is where I don't agree with you is the car of the future, uh, calling it something along those lines. I feel like that has come and gone because of the car of tomorrow, that it's too much of a harbinger of what's already happened and how that was supposed to do certain things that failed. There was thoughts that with the car tomorrow that they wouldn't need specialized chassis. Well, aside from uh, the road course and short track uh, chassis to a certain point being interchangeable, Everyone still had specialized chassis. Same with the Gen 6 car. Now that the chassis are all coming from Technique, uh, they will not be able to be specialized. They will all be the same. What you run at Daytona, you can run at uh, 
short track, a road course, possibly even the the dirt track at Bristol. That I don't know yet, but um, in theory, you could take the same chassis and run it the entire season. In theory, this, this car basically is anything but stock. Aesthetically, is the only way it's stock. Everything else on this car is spec. And again, that's another nasty word to the NASCAR fan base. But the truth is that I made the point, Jacob, on a uh, Facebook post the other day. I put a comment to a post about somebody calling this uh, IMSA now. NASCAR is turning into IMSA. It's kind of like, well, first of all, you got the wrong road race sport. It's actually the car that they're building now is going to be more like an Australian supercar, which puts on great shows at courses all over. Um, But second of all, the larger point here is this to me is a sport saver. This is a necessary change, Jacob, in my opinion, in order to save the sport of NASCAR stock car racing, because we could not keep seeing rising costs and rising sponsorship numbers in the sport, um, we had to get something that we could race better that would be cheaper for, for make the cost of entry for new teams cheaper and would make the cost of competition go down enough so that we could see more teams and more sponsors come into the sport that didn't have $30 million a year budgets. And you know what? I think in that aspect, Jacob, this car accomplishes almost every one of those things. And I think the proof is in the pudding because we've already seen three or four new teams this year that came in specifically because of the new business model with this next gen car. So I don't think it needs to be promoted as we're putting the stock back in stock cars or whatever. This is literally the future of the sport. And I I do agree that the car of tomorrow was an abysmal failure, but this is the future of the sport. And it was a necessary evil in order to hopefully get the racing and the costs back in line so that we could solidify the future. It's an absolute revolution is uh, the catchphrase that several of the manufacturer reps uh, used. And Seth, something that stood out to me uh, was actually a comment when I spoke to David Wilson uh, a couple weeks ago before the uh, official unveil. Um, you know, in some of the comments that, that David made with me, he said, you know, sometimes when it comes to, you know, spending and, and you know, what we put in material-wise to the sport NASCAR has to save us from ourselves because if we're allowed to spend obscenely to, you know, better the the competition or, you know, be better than the competition, then that's exactly what we're going to do. But in this case, I, I agree with, with David's point that uh, realistically that NASCAR did kind of have to save these teams from themselves as far as the cost of competition, like Tom said, because it comes down to... It's a spending war, basically. It comes down to every team is going to try and outspend the others, whether it's engineering, whether it's, uh, you know... uh, sponsorship whatever it is and now with a cheaper car with less engineering you know less where in those realms people can play around in the gray area so to speak you're not going to have that type of spending war as much i'm going to make that comparison that i'm not sure it's going to go over well but i'm going to make it anyway 
NASCAR saved the teams from going down the route of Formula One. Yes, absolutely. Uh, correct. Yes. And I mean, take a look at the air guns because this is one of the first places we saw this, the pit guns, uh, about six, seven years ago. Joe Gibbs Racing was putting somewhere around two to $3 million into research and manufacturing their own air guns. Then Stuart Haas followed suit. It, it might have been a little bit sooner. I, For some reason, I'm thinking it was like four or five years ago, maybe six. But uh, Stuart Haas followed suit. Then Hendrick started to follow suit. And then all of a sudden, NASCAR said, we're, you're all going to have the same air gun in the Cup Series. Then, specifically, Stuart Haas started having those spec air guns fail. And uh, they kept failing week in, week out, specifically at Stuart Haas, because they weren't using the recommended air for the air guns. They were using, if I remember correctly, they were using helium while everybody else was using nitrogen. And that caused the, the guns to over-rev, break apart, or even jam. And then NASCAR had to step in and say, you're only allowed to use nitrogen. You're not allowed to use helium. So twice NASCAR had to save teams from themselves with the air guns. This is just another example of that, just on a much larger scale. I can agree with that. Agreed, totally. 100% I agree. I think, you know, th again, these NASCAR teams, there's been such a disparity between the four-car elite multi-million dollar behemoth teams that can afford every luxury and every modern day tool of technology that can, you know, can be gotten uh, and the smaller teams that don't have those budgets and it's really made it almost impossible for a team like Front Row to ever climb into consistent front-running territory. Um, this new car, because the amount of things built by the teams for the car will be way less, and you can't build your own chassis, um, this is going to equalize the cars closer for everybody. And here's another thing that people don't realize. You're not going to have to have as many cars in your fleet as you did with these cars, where you had a super speedway car, you had a short track car, you had an intermediate car, you had a road course car. These cars are going to be very adaptable to whatever type of uh, track size track that you're running on road course, whatever. Um, I just think that there are so many advantages to this car. My only hope, and we have not seen this yet. My only hope is that when you get 30 or 40 of them out there, they, they race better in traffic and, and in, you know, against each other, uh, than what the current car does. That's the only thing I'm waiting to see. Other than that, I am all in favor of this, Jacob. I am too, and uh, it sounds like, at least from what Steve Phelps said, that we're going to get a proper good multi-car, may, may not be 30 or 40 cars, depending on how quickly they can start manufacturing chassis and bodies, but uh, uh, that we may get a good proper multi-car test in August at Daytona, and then they're really going to ramp it up uh, come 
post-November, post-championship weekend in Phoenix. It sounds like the early December and then in January we may get uh, some of the, the preseason test-esque, or preseason thunder-esque testing back, Tom, which would be great. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know how much there needs to be a bunch of testing going forward. I think because it's the first year of the car, I can see that. But again, the amount of testing a team can do still factors into the team's budget. So I don't want to see well, this the, get back. Here. No, the, and these, yeah, are na know. these are NASCAR tests, not team tests. So it okay. wouldn't come out of the All team's right. budget. So they're going to allow all the teams to participate. Or enough of, enough of the teams based on the amount of cars that they have in production is is my understanding. And then obviously we'll have a full field of cars when we get to those last couple of tests over the winter and towards January. Uh, Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano referencing possible testing in October as well. So there's a lot on the horizon right now. What's on the horizon is a break. We'll take that back after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Do you hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. Sure, right. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. 
He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Yeehaw. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert remaining around the roundtable this evening as we go through next-gen throwback weekend. We'll get to some IndyCar conversation in the second hour of the show, and uh, of course we'll have fantasy conversation and what you can expect out of this weekend's trio of races. But Tom, and and I must say, after the whirlwind of a week I've had uh, with the rollout of our brand new websites with uh, Speed Sport and Sprint Car and Midget. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't needed a reboot yet, but uh, our friends at My Computer Career uh, are usually pretty busy, uh, both in the IT field and, uh, well, trying to make sure that uh, I'm going down the right path here, which sometimes can be a bit of an adventure. <laughs> I think, uh, actually, the harder of the two is keeping you straight. Uh, yeah, but no kidding. Anyways, mycomputercareer.edu is, in fact... Uh, it's training for a better life. And look, we're, we're still at a point in time where a lot of people are rethinking their work situation and their career situation and are looking for something new and something fresh and something that will carry them into the next uh, few decades. And IT is a growing industry that continues to outpace a lot of other industries and growth even through this whole pandemic. So there are about a quarter of a million jobs in this country still uh, looking for people who are qualified to fill them. Here's all you do. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the career evaluation test. If you decide that you'd like to pursue training, you can do it in one to two days a week online. That's it. You don't even have to leave the house. And then in just four to six months, you could be ready to enter the workforce and start your new career and a better life. When you're ready to enter the workforce, My Computer Career will work with hundreds of employers to get you placed. And even before you start, financial aid is available, including the GI Bill, if you qualify. So you risk nothing. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the career evaluation test. It is not rocket science. It's not even a math or science whiz. You don't have to be a computer nerd either. It's just IT, and it's a great way to add to your career and your life. MyComputerCareer.edu. Cross flags. We are in halfway here on Motorsports Madness. We'll be back with the second half of our show right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert remaining with you. We have just crossed halfway in this show, getting ready to uh, come up on the top of the hour and start the second half of our show, Tom. And we've really, uh, there's still a lot of news that we haven't touched on in this show, not just on the NASCAR side, but really uh, we there's some great IndyCar conversation yet to be had as well, because my goodness, who couldn't have loved um, what we saw out of Pato Award over the weekend with that daring late race pass to get his first IndyCar win, putting McLaren back on top in something for the first time in almost a decade. I mean, good grief. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I was traveling on Sunday, so I missed uh, everything on TV, but I did hear the uh, NASCAR race. I uh, I did uh, obviously catch the highlights and and understand all what all went on uh, with the IndyCar race as well. And I got to tell you that uh, seeing Pato finally get that win, I felt like there were a couple of races that he should have won already. 
in his short IndyCar career, but uh, just hadn't quite gotten it done. But seeing him do that, and and as you say, McLaren, you know, you can't un- you can't overstate this. This is huge for them because their status in, in F1 has fallen off just drastically, and and they haven't made very much out of their IndyCar time either, frankly. Um, and so to see them get this win. And to see Pato finally get to victory lane, I think is a real encouraging sign going into the Indy 500 where Pato has been fast. And we know that Fernando Alonso ran real well for McLaren the first year that he ran in the 500 a few years back. So I wouldn't be surprised at all, Jacob, uh, to see Pato use this as a momentum boost, excuse me, and go into the Indy road race and the Indy 500 and be very, very, very competitive. And not just him, but I really believe that uh, Rosenquist is going to be a factor over there as well. And of course, you can't uh, discount the fact that they have Juan Pablo Montoya back for the Indy 500 coming up at the end of the month of May as well, which I think is going to be a huge thing when it comes down to it. We do have to slide in another quick break when we return even more madness coming up right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color corrected edit it code it repurpose it tweet it blog it post it compress it upload it replay it or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in you need to attend carolina school of broadcasting the skills you will learn the experience you will get and the connections you will make at carolina school of broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management call or come by today click csb radiotv.edu everyone knows strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. 
Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Seth Eggert, Tom Baker, still around the roundtable right now, talking open-wheel racing, IndyCar variety. Seth, uh, takeaways from you. You and I were able to take in some of the uh, IndyCar action over the weekend. Pato's win specifically, but uh, really overall, it was kind of a tale of two races, I felt like. Uh, the the Saturday portion of the doubleheader was everything Scott Dixon all the time, basically, and then Sunday's race, what I felt was a lot more compelling, a lot more competitive. We saw the late race pass for the lead under green by Pato, no less. I know, you know, a lot of the IndyCar guys complained all weekend that uh, the the PJ1 traction compound has ruined Texas and made it one groove, but uh, if you're daring, as we saw from Pato, you can still get some things done in those cars on that racetrack. That and some of them I feel like are forgetting recent history. Even before the PJ1 was put on the track, when it was reconfigured, it was a one-groove track for them as well. That was before there was any PJ1 on the track. That being said, the PJ1, from what uh, apparently was measured, uh, was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of... 25% 25% less grip than the rest of the racing surface for the Indy cars, which the way the PJ1 works, is it good for NASCAR? Mm, debatable. That being said, is it good for IndyCar because it's a different tire compound? Not no, just a, not I, yeah, not just a different tire compound too, Seth. But I think the other thing that people. Uh, may not always take into account with NASCAR versus IndyCar. It works well for NASCAR because the cars are, what, three times heavier than than yes. what IndyCar is? And and it takes heat. It takes friction to activate that PJ1 and and make it really work. And you, don't, you just don't have the weight nor the friction from the tire compound to make it work for IndyCar. Correct. Now, the other thing I was going to point out, though, is, funny enough, the Arca Series, granted, yes, they're heavier like the cup cars and the Xfinity and the trucks. Yes, uh, they have a different tire compound, but they don't have nearly the same issues that IndyCar does. Which, again, that goes to the weight of the car. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, the, the point still remains that for IndyCar racing, that traction compound does not flatter it at all it 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 actually messes it in in a big way and i and i absolutely understand where the drivers are come from coming from there um with their complaints now um again you know i don't want to be that guy but you know indycar has got to be a little smarter about where they choose to hold races and you know texas honestly i mean 
at times the racing's been great, but most of the time, at least recently at Texas, the IndyCar racing has not been any good. But these, these, the IndyCar has got to, to remember that there are plenty of other oval tracks in this country they can race at, and they need to take advantage of that. This idea that we need to make this into a street course, road course, America Formula One is not going to work. It's going to destroy IndyCar's core fan base, much the way that NASCAR expanding with all these mile and a halfs and this aero stuff has killed a lot of their Southern core fan base over the years. And, you know, so I absolutely understand. I think IndyCar's just got to be smarter and say, look, let's, let's find a few ovals here that we can go race and, you know, and put on good shows and good racing and side-by-side passing and, you know, let's have a better balanced schedule than what we got. I don't think a double header at Texas is anywhere near the best IndyCar can do on oval tracks. And I think, uh, I think this ought to be the last year for Texas as an IndyCar venue, in my opinion. I don't think you'll see that at all because Roger Penske was staunch on the point that we need a high-speed oval around Indianapolis to help the drivers prepare, even if it isn't always the best of racing. And Texas has been a very committed, very loyal IndyCar track for a quarter of a century now. So I don't think you're going to see Texas go anywhere now. Do I think it may not be a doubleheader next year? Yes. But the other thing that gives me optimism, Tom, is that Roger, in the very next breath in that interview, said that he recognizes the lack of ovals on the IndyCar schedule is a problem, and this year coming up for 2022 is the first time that Roger Penske will have the opportunity to build an IndyCar schedule under his purview that's not severely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm willing to give it a chance and see what Roger can come up with for next year because it's the first chance he'll have had to truly take a shot at overhauling it. Well, I'm all for giving him a chance. I'm not I'm not a, a, against giving Roger an opportunity to make a schedule. All I'm saying is that um you know the Texas contract uh, Seth saying in our chat is through 2022. Well, you know, that PJ1 isn't going anywhere. So, you know, the, the this is going to be crappy racing again. I mean, it's just if, if Roger needs to to look at IndyCar history History is a good foreteller of what could be the best future. And sometimes you got to go back. So you start looking at the Milwaukee Mile. You start looking at Iowa. You start looking at tracks. You could bring them to Charlotte, which I think would be a phenomenal place for these cars to run. There are plenty of tracks that, that could be raced. They have got to focus on more oval tracks if this series is going to stick as a relevant series in the u.s because this the the street courses and the road courses are nice social events but the racing and the competition is generally not very good and this whole miami deal that formula one is is doing is going to prove that again that street course racing is just not the way to go so roger's got to decide what he wants to hang the IndyCar series banner on what is it what is it going to be and if he's if he's wise he will balance it 
between high-speed ovals and street and road racing courses, and you will choose the street and road racing courses very wisely in order to make it still about the racing, because that, Jacob, is what IndyCar built its reputation on, was the high-speed, daredevil kind of racing. And, you know, there's not a great market in the U.S. for, you know, for low-speed street courses where the competition isn't all that good. I recognize that. Now, to go back to the two ovals that you mentioned, uh, unfortunately, the Milwaukee Miles problem is there is no promoter right now to even take a chance on operating that for any sort of event, let alone an IndyCar event. The only way that would happen is if Roger were to come in and lease the facility himself to put an event on, and without the right sponsor, I don't think you're going to see that happen. Um, In regards to uh, what was the other oval that you mentioned a minute ago? I'm trying to remember now. Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte. Well, Charlotte could definitely happen, and I think if if SMI wants to look at an oval track that makes sense, Charlotte would be a fantastic option uh, to, to to try and put play together. To advocate though, uh, they did put PJ one down at Charlotte in the upper grooves as well. It's not nearly as much as Texas, but there is PJ1 on the track at Charlotte. I believe every single SMI track outside of Sonoma has had PJ1 applied to it. Sigh. All right. Well, okay, so if we want to look outside the box a little bit, Richmond is an option. I think if you're still talking about a shorter but high-speed oval, I, I still want to see those cars go back to Richmond. I think that would be a great show. NASCAR has basically left Iowa for dead. I know Roger was looking at purchasing it, but whatever he found in the financials, I guess, didn't seem viable, so he didn't do it. Unfortunately, I think Iowa is going to be left for dead, Tom. We've only got about 40 seconds here before break, but I just don't see that coming back. Well, somebody ought to make it uh, undead and, uh, you know, do a little surgery on it because, uh, I mean, it's a shame that NASCAR has ruined all these oval tracks with this PJ1 compensating for the lack of a quality race car to put on the track that actually allows drivers to run side by side well. Um, you know, but we've got to have some oval tracks that Indy cars can go race at. And so hopefully they'll find something. Agreed. I hope they will too. We got to step aside, take a commercial break back after this. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert remaining with you as we continue to discuss around the roundtable this evening. And guys, one of the biggest news stories uh, that I know we have not talked about when it comes to the NASCAR side yet on this show it came out really early this week and uh, unfortunately from what digging I've been able to do it sounds like it was because of sponsorship issues and money not getting to where it was supposed to go etc but Rafael Lassard unfortunately having to part ways with GMS and I I hate this for both sides really because you know GMS I felt like was building really something solid with that fifth truck with Rafi but Rafi had put himself in a great situation and now unfortunately Tom uh, that is not going to be for any more of the 2021 truck series races and like I said it's a shame because he was just starting to find his footing and I felt like that team had really turned a corner. Yeah, I don't know. I I always it always seems odd to me when you get you know 8 10 12 races into a season and all of a sudden a sponsorship issue comes up and it gets played off as well we didn't have enough time to go and find more sponsorship it's like but you knew that 8 weeks ago or eight you know that the season's been on for 3 months now and um you know so this sounds more to me like um some of the sponsorship that was supposed to be full year dried up than it did uh that then you know i i mean i don't know the other strike rafi's got against him unfortunately seth is that um you know rafi's canadian and and uh if you're in canada uh you know you're gonna have a very hard time doing a lot of uh 
business probably in the USA, unless you can do it long distance because the border's been closed for months now and it's not expected to open until late fall of this year at the earliest. And so, you know, that's sort of a double jeopardy situation for Rafi. And I feel bad because I agree with Jacob. That team was starting to really get going. And I felt like Rafi was going to start contending for wins here pretty quick. Um, so it's really a shame to see other drivers getting in the 24 now. And, uh, you know, Rafi not able to finish the year. Yeah, then also uh, something else which made me a little confused, maybe a little skeptical on the sponsorship situation. Uh, after it was announced that Rafi wasn't going to be in the 24 for the rest of the year, uh, there's been talk that he might be in the 45 at Nice for somewhere between three and five races. Uh, I believe Coda, Charlotte, and there were like two or three others that were being talked about, which that makes it a little strange that the sponsorship wasn't either felt through or wasn't pain or whatever the issue was over at GMS, but they're confident that it will over at Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, Jacob, that's, uh, you know, you just, uh, sometimes uh, the game, as they say, uh, has uh, different rules for different situations and, um, so uh, it sounds like maybe uh, there wasn't quite enough to keep going at GMS, but maybe there was enough to work at Nice. I don't know. It's uh, I hope that's true, though, Jacob, because I really would like to see Rafi back out there. He's a really nice young kid, and I think he's talented enough to be winning races in the trucks. He just needs the time, and he needs to be in a team where, again, you get some chemistry going, and he might need an extra year of uh, work to develop the the right skill set and and all of that, but uh, I think he's got potential to be a champion. I agree. No, I I definitely think the talent is there, and it's just so unfortunate that he's been, you know, shuffled around and been in some of the situations that he's been in. Because I feel like if he could ever find some some stability, Seth, that like Tom said, Rafi really could be a a legitimate contender going forward and he just hasn't had that opportunity yeah he's had maybe two chances at stability one which was when he was in the cars tour with david gillen racing and to a certain degree last year with kyle bushmore sports but honestly i get a lot of same vibes uh, as tom says in the our chat uh, of daniel suarez uh he Gets a lot. Of, he's very talented. He has a lot of money behind him, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work out with the mega teams. And he's still looking for this sweet spot that will help propel him to really have or showcase the talent that he has. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And Tom, I agree with your summation too. You know, we've seen Daniel finally start to find some stability this year with Justin Marks and Trackhouse, and. I think that's slowly but surely starting to pay dividends for him. For sure. I mean, you can just see the improvement in Daniel and, and the uh, confidence that that team is building. I mean, it's going to take him a little time to get their consistency like any other new team. Um, but I, I really believe that is going to be a great situation for him. And, you know, people say, well, Ralphie drove for Kyle Busch. What more could you ask for? Well, that's a, 
that's a really tough situation. It's like Joey Logano coming in before he's really ready and driving for Gibbs. You know, that's a big, big stage if you are not fully mentally and uh, skill-wise ready to be in that situation. But I think we saw with GMS this year, Ralphie was starting to wind into his own as a truck racer. And now that continuity is interrupted and he's got to go find another team or just set out. Neither of which helps the continuity that helps him develop the skill set further to get better, Jacob. So, um, you know, just a really uh, interesting, Seth, uh, really interesting thing for him right now. I just hope he gets somewhere where there's a truck capable of winning and he can stay there long enough to prove that he can win with that truck. And on top of that, when he was with Kyle Busch, uh, whether Kyle Busch Motorsports will ever admit it or not, they were in a down year at that time. They've been in a down year for several years until John Hunter stepped into the truck full-time this year. So for people to point to his time with Kyle Busch, like, yes, he was at the pinnacle of the truck series. However, that pinnacle was not winning races week week out that they usually do and are known for until now anyway. So it's a catch-22. Yes, he was with a successful team, we could say the same thing about Todd Gilland. We could say the same thing to a certain degree with Noah Gregson and more. I don't disagree with that, Seth. That's a that's a very uh, a very valid point here, and it's interesting, Tom, that we look at this, and I think it's a combination of factors as far as the return of KBM to be in a power. It's John Hunter bringing some veteran experience back to the team that they haven't had for a couple of years, and I really do believe that part of it is some fresh ideas coming in through guys like Marty Lindley, who they hired in the offseason, uh, really to fill that void when Rudy Fugel left to go to Cup with Hendrick Motorsports and William Byron, and I think that kind of up a little bit behind the scenes has made more of an impact than maybe uh, than maybe Kyle's willing to admit because I have asked him that at times and I don't think he wants to to totally uh, totally show his cards on that front but you can't help but think that maybe there is something to that oh I mean I think it's uh, it's it's surely possible because if you look at even William Byron's situation you know, the, the chemistry is a big thing. And just because, you know, there is a great crew chief and, you know, a potentially good young driver, it doesn't mean those two are going to mesh. And I think what we've seen is that Rudy Fugel has taken William Byron up a notch. And again, yes, he's more experienced than he was the last couple of years with Jack Knauss working with him. But it, But, you know, some people just work really well together and some don't. And I think, you know, it doesn't, it's not to say that the crew chief Rafi had last year wasn't good or that, you know, it wasn't, it was just simply the fact that he needed something that he wasn't getting, or maybe he just needed more experience. And that's why we're seeing that we saw the benefit of that this year at GMS. Um, You know, he's just finally started to click. And I think, you know, John Hunter surely is experienced enough to know what he wants out of the truck. And you bring in Marty Lilly and you bring another, uh, you know, change things around over there. And all of a sudden you've just got a chemistry that's working better again. And that's why you're seeing those trucks back up front. Of course, Kyle never wasn't, but... (laughs) Agreed. Kyle, I think, kind of drug things along even when uh, maybe things weren't entirely the best. But again, he's Kyle Busch. That's just how that works. Um, 
it, it's kind of changed the dynamic of the truck series again, hasn't it, Seth? Some of these teams that we thought of uh, maybe not so much as power teams over the last two years or so, now getting back there, a la Thor Sport, KBM, and GMS, which we really thought was the power team of the last couple years, is not having the year that they thought they would have, nor is Nice. Well, Nice kind of started slipping back last year. Uh, they had that awesome year with Ross Chastain, and then last year they almost fell off the face of the earth, and to a certain point they still haven't come back this year. GMS, I feel like, is at that tipping point right now. Either they're going to continue to run well or they're going to start slipping back. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I mean, certainly Sheldon Creed, uh, from last year to this year, it's like somebody flipped a light switch. It's like, where where did Sheldon go? Yeah, and a part of that might also be that some of the crew chiefs uh, have changed quite a bit, especially with the Championship 4 from last year. If I remember correctly, the Championship 4 and Door Sport, for that matter, uh, completely changed crew chiefs from last year to this year. Yeah, no, I agree, and that certainly is a factor. You talk about chemistry, stability, and then things changing and understand that uh, it, it, as we mentioned, is certainly a very different dynamic in the truck series this year compared to what we've had the last few years. Now, coming up in our final big segment here, we're going to have our fantasy picks. We'll uh, reflect a little bit on the weekend that was at Kansas and look ahead to this weekend at Darlington and what we think may happen there as well as some iRacing. Motorsports Madness rolls on right after these words. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their car, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Derek Krause, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Eggert still with you. And, uh, Seth, I want to go back to uh, the weekend that was. We really haven't had a lot of chance to talk about that on this show yet, just because there's been so much other stuff to discuss. But uh, takeaways from the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series from over the weekend at Kansas. What do you got? Well, Kyle Busch... uh was Kyle Busch once again and dominated the race. Granted, uh, he had trouble on restarts. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a transmission issue he was having, or as he said on the radio, he thought he had a slow leak on the left front, which if he did, the fact that he still managed to jump from like 11 to back up to the lead on the final restart to win the race in overtime is an impressive feat nonetheless. No, it really was, and I think uh, when when Kyle Busch wins a truck race, Tom, I don't know that there's a whole lot more that you can say than that. Uh, you got a chance to listen to the cup race Sunday on your way home, uh, the cup race from Kansas. What were your thoughts, takeaways from that event? Well, I mean, first of all, I thought that, uh, you know, it, was, it sounded like it was a pretty good race uh, all the way through, and I was actually – I had picked Kyle to win both so last week, so I was pretty happy to see that he actually made me look good. Uh, you know, never a surprise when he wins a truck race, but, you know, the cup race definitely, uh, I felt like he had a good shot, and it was his birthday, so a little extra motivation there. I, I did think that, um, you know, obviously there was a controversy with that tire uh, situation, and you know, honestly, when a tire goes into the grass like that, um, NASCAR, I think, was right to wait the pit cycle out and not interfere with the race at all or the finish at all before they threw the caution. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think that was necessarily the best call, but I actually thought that if you were going to throw the caution, it wasn't an imminent threat, but you didn't want it to become a threat, so you let the pit stops play out. And then you throw the yellow, you get the tire out of there and go back to green. And that's just what they did. So I actually thought it was a pretty good race overall and enjoyed listening to it on MRN. It's great to actually listen to someone call a race instead of just watching it once in a while. It's a different perspective. That it is. Now, Seth, uh, I... I feel like I could probably play devil's advocate here, but I was among the crowd that wasn't necessarily happy with the fact that they waited as long as they did to throw the caution for the tire because my two cents on it is even if you don't think it's an imminent threat, it's always a catch-22, isn't it? We don't think 
that a wall that doesn't have a safer barrier is in a place where somebody can hit it and then somebody finds a way to hit it. Jeff Gordon was famous for that through his career. I just, I did not like the idea of waiting for fear that, you know, what happens if somebody goes uh, spinning through the grass and hits that tire or gets shoved out into the grass coming on pit road for a pit stop and hits that tire before they have a chance to retrieve it. You can't, you can't play guessing games of what you think is going to happen like that in my mind and I just I wasn't really a fan of NASCAR waiting uh, waiting like they did I get the whole reasoning of not wanting to interrupt the pit cycle but good grief we've seen it happen before where they have interrupted the pit cycle because a, a tire like that is a potential hazard so I, I just don't think you can play that game you see I kind of split the difference there there's no way they could have thrown the caution immediately and the reason why I'm saying that is if they did, teams would purposely be uh, having tires get uncontrolled all the time. That being said, I don't think they should have waited 15 laps to throw the yellow. I, what's a good number? What's a good time frame? I don't know. I'm not uh, in the boot. I'm not in race control. I can't give the answer to that. Yes, I know waiting until the last car pits so that the pit cycle goes through cleanly is the accepted uh, option right now. But this one, I don't think uh, we've been in a situation where it's been 10, 15, 20 laps until this past weekend uh, that they had to wait for everyone to finish pitting. And just to put a final note on this, at least for me, you know it was an issue when you have drivers from NASCAR cracking jokes about the loose tire in IndyCar saying that uh, they're surprised IndyCar didn't wait 20 laps to throw the yellow. Well, you know, look, I mean, here's the deal. At the end of the day, NASCAR can't do anything right in the eyes of the fans. Nothing NASCAR does ever goes without people screaming and yelling that they should have done this, should have done that. Unless you've actually been in race control and operated races like I have, you don't have a good perspective. You're never going to, every situation is different when it comes to something like this. How far does the tire in the grass? Where exactly is it? What part of, there's so many things to consider. And NASCAR, I thought for once said, you know what? We're going to let the pit cycle play out. We're not going to trap anybody in the pits and mess anybody's race up. We're going to wait it out. And then we're going to throw the yellow and remove the obstacle and go on the IndyCar thing, completely a different situation. And you know, if drivers want to be goofballs, let them, it's just silly. I mean, you know, you can play devil's advocate with anything, and I certainly am the first to criticize NASCAR for a lot of things, including the 46 million hundred thousand cameras that they have to monitor every move in the pits and, you know, the frivolous penalties they call half the time. But this one, I think they got right. And had they thrown the caution any sooner, people still would have complained. You know, somebody would have complained because it messed their pit sequence up or whatever. So you got to, in this case, you got to do what you think is best. I don't think it was an imminent threat. And NASCAR got out of there before the next round of pit stops. So I think it all worked out just fine, in my opinion. 
another news nugget that I want to throw in here before we get to our picks that Seth brought up in the chat. Uh, because of team COVID protocols over at Team Penske, Jeremy Bullens is out this weekend, Seth, and uh, Grant Hutchins will fill in one of the engineers on the two crew. He's already filled in once this year when there was a one-race suspension for Bullens uh, because of a lug nut penalty earlier this season. So it's not a trial by fire, but certainly uh, hope that Jeremy uh, can get back sooner rather than later and uh, does not end up uh, seriously ill by any stretch. Yeah, and in this day and age when a crew chief is out, whether due to some sort of protocol or suspension, we all know they're not really completely gone from the track. Uh, they're the way they communicate, whether it's with the engineer in this case, Grant Hutchins, or with uh, whoever is filling in for them, that they're still making a lot of the calls, a lot of the strategy decisions. And granted, whether it's from uh, the race shop or from their own home, so they, whether or not. Uh, Jeremy Bullens is doing that in this particular case. I don't know. I can't speak for them. But uh, I'm sure uh, where the car was set up by him, there's going to be a heavy hand, at least from him, in a sense. In the world of Zoom communications and video conferencing and all these things, Tom, that we've learned since the pandemic, whether uh, it's the the war room at Team Penske or whether it's you know video connected from home, Seth is right. Jeremy Bullens is still going to have a hand in Keselowski's race this weekend at Darlington, regardless of, of whether he can physically be at the track or not. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and that's really a, you know, nowadays, like I've said before, I mean, a crew chief getting suspended is, you know, it's just almost silly. It's kind of a, you know, one of those slap on the wrist things because they're still calling the shots, whether they're at the track or not. And a lot of times the, the uh, race engineer or the car chief is just as qualified to call a race as a crew chief is. So I, I just, I think it's, um, I think we need to probably relook at that whole situation as far as penalties. I know this, this instance was a COVID protocol. Um, but what I'm saying is it's no different than if the crew chief gets suspended, he still ends up, you know, calling a calling the race remotely. So um, I think we need to probably, we need to try to figure out or, you know, whether or not, cause if you're, you know, in the case of a penalty, if you're going to penalize the crew chief and he's still going to be able to call the race remotely, it's really not a penalty. He just gets to stay home and do it. So Seth, I don't know. I, I, I know this one's for COVID and I certainly, um, you know, hope that uh, Jeremy's able to get back soon and, and that this is just a false positive or whatever. But um, you know, it's uh, it, it just strikes me as funny that it's really not much of a quick penalty anymore. Uh, uh, much of a penalty anymore, Seth. Uh, it is not much of a penalty anymore. And I r remember a story in which Tony Uri Jr., when he was crew chiefing for Dale Jr., uh, called a race from the top of an RV at New Hampshire. So they're, they've been creative before. It create Creativity is the spice of life, as they say. Now, that being said, we've got about three, three and a half minutes left in this segment, and I do want to get to our picks. Uh, and I stink. <laughs> I'm, I'm second from the bottom here in our fantasy standings. I'm so. not doing much better. Yeah, well, uh, here's the deal. I'm thinking outside the box this week, and it may keep me at the bottom, or it may not. But, you know, 
my thought is I can't get much worse, so why not take a chance? Um, in the Camping World Truck Series, I'm going to go with a driver that nearly won at Darlington last fall and I think is going to be coming back with a chip on his shoulder. I'll take uh, the 19 of Derek Krause to uh, maybe get a victory and hopefully uh, get rid of some of the bad luck that he's had. Good grief, his luck can't get much worse than mine. In the Xfinity Series, maybe not a sure thing, but I like how JRM has always been at Darlington. I'll take Justin Allgaier, not just because I think the throwback this weekend is uh, pretty brilliant, if you ask me. And on the Cup side, here's another guy who's been really good at Darlington, and everybody's going to look at me funny because of the team he's with, but I do think he can at least get some decent points as long as nothing breaks. And, by the way... He won the iRacing Pro Invitational race Wednesday night. Eric Jones for my Cup Series pick, Seth. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that's two out of three that are pretty outside the box. Meanwhile, for me, I'm going with some obvious choices. Uh, for the Truck Series, I'm taking John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, for the Xfinity Series, this one might be a little outside the box, but I'm going with Myatt Snyder. Uh, last year in... The Darlington Xfinity races uh, that he ran, he ran them both with Rayon Brothers Racing. And he scored top 10 finishes with both drive, uh, both the uh, races with Rayon, which, considering Rayon's equipment, no offense to them, is impressive nonetheless. And in the Cup Series, I'm going to go with somebody who almost won last year if it wasn't for a uh, tire and contact from Kyle Busch in two different races out of the three, Chase Elliott. Okay, wow. Well, first of all, congratulations to Jacob for finally getting off his two-inch limb. Um, Eric Jones, that would probably cause uh, the entire grandstand at Darlington to come apart uh, if the Petty Enterprise, or well, Richard Petty Motorsports now, if the Blue 43 crosses the finish line first, uh, that grandstand's coming apart. Okay, trucks, Ben Rhodes for me. Uh, the uh, Xfinity Series, I'm giving Ty Gibbs another victory and saying he's going to pull what I consider to be an upset considering it's Darlington and I'm going with Chase Elliott in the cup series to get back to victory lane with the nine interesting you know Ty Gibbs I thought about Ty Gibbs but at the same time my opinion has always been that Darlington Raceway reward is a veteran track it rewards experience as opposed to rookies so um, oh, and, and there's the other thing of the Chase Elliott win. If that happens on Sunday, <laughs> Hooters, their last win was with Alan Kowicki. So that would be emotional for a lot of fronts if Chase Elliott could pull it off. White flag, final thoughts coming up right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. 
So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Seth Egger. The white flag is waving over this program, and that means it is time for final thoughts from the other two around the roundtable with me. Tom, I'll go to you first. Uh, what have you got for final thoughts here this evening? My final thought is that, thank God, my home track up in Oswego, New York, the home of the Super Modifieds, the Oswego Speedway, open for racing on Saturday night. Can't wait to see the Supers back on the fast five-eighths of a mile for the first time since 2019 and two International Classic weekends this year, last year's Makeup Classic, this coming Memorial Day weekend, to add to the big festivities with Indy and Charlotte and the uh, Classic, of course, on Labor Day weekend scheduled. So OswegoSpeedway.com if you want to know what a super modified is, and you all really should check it out. By the way, check out Bentley Warren on this week's Junior uh, podcast. Uh, Dale, Dale Junior, Junior Download. Download. Awesome. Seth. What? If Chase Elliott doesn't break the uh, Hooters curse, maybe Ross Chastain will break the McDonald's curse. Last time McDonald's went to victory lane in a points-paying race was with Jimmy Spencer in the scheme he's thrown back to with Junior Johnson in the mid-90s. 
Well, a lot of a lot of food curses on the line hoping to be broken this weekend, but that's it for Motorsports Madness. So for Tom Baker, Seth Eggert, I'm Jacob Seelman. We'll be back next week to do it again. Keep it off the wall, and hopefully soon we'll see you at the racetrack. Till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. You can be an IT professional in as little as four months. Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.